Blog Talk Radio. Before anybody knocks me about the theme song for uh, tonight's show, um, just a quick story. I've been laid up in bed, and uh, yesterday my wife forced me to watch Cruel Intentions, so that's why I had to play the song. But uh, welcome to the, what the hell is the date? The March 25th edition of Rubber Guard Radio. I am KZ. I am uh, out of the hospital, you know, uh, going on four weeks of this shit, and uh, I'm home. Uh, kicking it still, antibiotics, drugs, and all that fun shit. But, you know, I've got it better off than uh, Test and the Beastmo Negro. And uh, who was that other dude? Wasn't there one more that, that left us, Rob? Steve Dahl. Steve Dahl. Oh, jeez. Well, he's done. Well done. Well done. Well done. Uh, before we get rolling here, let's uh, plug the sponsors. Uh, first off, we have WrestleWarehouse.com. Uh, Lucha Libre masks, t-shirts, DVDs. Uh, I suggest checking out the SoCal Pro Wrestling DVDs. They're good stuff, um, especially when the February 2009 show comes out. I saw the cage match main event from that show in the hospital. My boy Jeff sent me a, sent me a package, and my wife brought it in with a DVD player. And uh, So far, it's a match of the year candidate for Southern California. Uh, it's good stuff right there. And also, SlamBamJam.com, Big Us to Alfredo. Uh, current and past Lucha Libre and Japanese pro wrestling, a lot of best stuff and stuff. Uh, also got to put over the uh, family site, angrymarks.com. Uh, I missed you fuckers, man. It's been too damn long. Thanks for the kind and well wishes, guys, and phone calls and texts and all that fun shit. Uh, also, I'd like to put over, a, let's see, it would be lightsoutradio.com. Um, our MMA correspondent, Matt Bishop will be on the show next Tuesday. We're going to be doing a show Tuesday night uh, due to the fact that there is a UFC show on Wednesday. So we're going to be here on Tuesday at 7 o'clock. I don't know, maybe an hour or so. I'm not even going to try to get a guest. We'll just talk UFC for the whole whole show uh, with our correspondents and and whatnot. So, yeah, check them out, lightsoutradio.com. And I'm joined on the line by my tag team partner and co-host, Mr. Rob. I missed your voice, brother. I miss you too, man. How's that like? Yeah, it's getting better, brother. Slowly. Good, Slowly, good to hear man. It. It's, you know, some 
some old dirty shit got in there, man, and and the antibiotics are you know fighting hard. So, mm-hmm. um, but they, the doctor managed to save my leg, so that's fine. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're thing. waiting for uh, we're waiting for Tim Noel and Dean Rasmussen from the Death Valley Driver video review to call in. Uh, we're gonna talk a bunch of different shit. Um, it's been a while since we've just kicked back and just talked. And, you know, Real, we're mostly guests and a whole bunch of other crap. So, wow. So, Abismo Negro decided to get off a bus and, you know, just walked away and died. That's weird. Just the whole situation is weird. That is. Uh, poor, poor guy, you know. He's finally getting himself back back from the drugs and off of it, and he dies in a river. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, just strange shit, man, you know. But, uh... That's that's really not the biggest news coming out of Mexico. The the biggest news is that Juventud Guerrero got his ass handed to him by the white Anderson Silva, Mr. Jack Evans with the uh, plum and the and the Muay Thai knees. So much props to you there, Jack. Um, do you TKO think first had it coming? TKO first <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Hoovy>. <laughs> uh poor Hoovy. Uh, you, you know he probably did. That's Hoovy for you, but uh. You know, I, I like Hoovy, so I hate to see him get whooped. He's like uh, he's like the Iron Sheik of Mexico sometimes. You know, he just he, you know he just he does stuff that I don't even think he knows what's going on half the time. <laughs> yeah, he just uh, he just goes off and mm-hmm. he just doesn't care. But now he's paying that price. But uh, we will be having open lines. Uh, that would be area code three four seven two one five seven nine four six. If you want to call in and talk to the the host, the co-host, and the guests and whatnot, but we do have a caller on the line. Caller from the 804. Who am I speaking with? Hey, it's Tim. Hey, Timmy. How you doing, brother? Hey, pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Now, uh, this is Tim Noel from the mid-Atlantic region of the country. Um, I must say, while I was in the hospital, I got a package, and I'm not going to tell you who it's from, but it had in there your Adam Pierce mid-Atlantic NWA title defenses in there. And I watched the first couple matches. They were solid. And then Damian Wayne and my boy Adam Pierce going an hour. Um, very good match. Um, honestly, what did you think of the match, Tim, since you, you were there live and in person? Oh, well, that was that was my uh, filming job there. Oh, I thought it was there great. That's one of the best matches I've filmed in years, I think. Yes, yeah, I was uh, uh, gave the DVD to Wayne at the last show, and he said he was going to pass it on to Adam, so I guess you got it in the chain somewhere in there. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it. There you it. go. So, oh, uh, man, what, I am... What, what's my see about the match for us who haven't seen it yet? Why should why should we go check that thing out? Well, it's just a really good go. old-school match. I think that uh, Wayne really stepped up in that match and showed everybody what he could do, and Pierce showed everybody that... Uh, the traditional NWA champion can still work that style, especially in the South. I'm convinced that uh, if Adam Pierce moved to the Mid-Atlantic, he would stay busy all the time because every match I saw him in in this area, I just thought was great. Haven't been a huge fan of him in Ring of Honor, I must admit, but uh, in the South as NWA champion, I thought he worked great. Well, he's 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 two people. You know, honestly, it's the tale of two people. You know, he has his ROH matches, then he has everything else. Because I've seen him in right. blow-away matches outside of ROH. 
but uh, we have one more caller on here. 859, I'm assuming this is Dean the Man. Dean. No, this is not Dean the Man, this is Killer Kev. Ah, Kev, what's up, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great. I just wanted to call in and welcome you back after your last couple of weeks of illnesses. It's good to hear you back on the air again with Rubber Guard Radio on the Angry Marks Podcast Network, and just thought I'd call in, and that's it. Awesome. Thank you for the for the call in and the well wishes. Uh, I appreciate it, and I promise I won't get sick for at least another year. <laughs> Hopefully not. Those things suck. Yeah. But, uh, hey, you have a show on Thursday, don't you? Absolutely, every Thursday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, right after TNA Impact. There it is. There it is, the Angry March podcast. They are the whole reason I have changed to Wednesdays, so that we don't have a Thursday night war. And that's okay, because you're the best stuff to listen to on Wednesday night. There it is. Awesome. Thanks for uh, chiming in, Kev. I really appreciate the call, brother. I will be talking to you guys soon. All right, that was Killer Kev from the Angry Marks podcast on Thursday nights. You can get information on that and all of our other podcasts at the Angry Marks or AngryMarks.com. I got a bunch of different shit on there. Um, I'm guessing I mean, they're so crap. angry because it's on right after TNA. <laughs> exactly. Do it, Tim. <laughs> I got exactly. that one. <laughs> they, they lobbed that one right up there, so I had to spike it. So who else is on That's here? Is this Rob? Yeah, this is Rob, my my cohort. I did. You went to Japan in January, right? Yes, that would be me. Uh, this is my second January, uh, second uh, Japan trip. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I've been five times myself. So. Oh wow. <laughs> I do miss it. Although, uh, with the time and money at this point, and compared to. The state of the business over there, I can't really justify going right now, unfortunately. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I mean, you've been there, so you know, but, uh, you know, it's still good and it's still worth it. It's just, you know, if you've been there before when it was much better, uh, this probably isn't going to compare. But if you're really right, impressed, I the first time I went was in 2000, which was, I guess, the beginning of the end of the boom. So I, my only regret is I didn't start going in the 90s. But I saw some good stuff. I saw pretty much every promotion I wanted to see. Now, was right. this, were these May, were these Mayfield trips? Um, what I, went on, I, I went one with Mayfield, would never do it again. And uh, this year I went on my own and had so much more fun than I could ever have with George. <laughs> Mine were sort of unofficial Mayfield trips. The first time I went was, well, every time I went for the most part was with George, but it wasn't until the second or third time I went with him that he's like, you know, if more and more people keep contacting me wanting to go, I should make a deal out of this and, you know, run a business off of it. So it's pretty much his idea after some of us had started going with him to charge people a package deal for his trips. <laughs> a package trip. But, <laughs> but after... Uh, after two or three times of going, it was very easy to go by myself and uh, did one trip with no one else being with me. So, And that was mainly so I could see Gaia and Toriumon, which weren't going to be running in January when George ran his trips. Yeah, I'd like to, I mean, you know, for anyone who wants to check out Japan and see what it's like, 
it's very English friendly and anyone can do it. You know, as long as you're nice and you just have some common sense, you can do it. Definitely. Well, for me, for me personally, I don't see a trip for myself, you know, because I I for one have to bring my family. And for two, there's really nothing there now that's that's, you know, gripping me that I'm rushing to download or, you know, there's nothing really, you know, quick for me to watch. And the thing is, if I would have gone, it would have been during the Pride boom. So then you get the MMA experience as well. Um, I think the only thing that would get me to go there would be if Kensuke Office works with Dragon Gate on a full-time basis, then I may consider going. <laughs> well, you know, you just missed your spot then because uh, at the uh, Dragon Gate Sumo Hall show, they had uh, Sasaki and a couple other members of the Kensuke Office. I can't wait to see... Kinscape kill stalker. <laughs> Poor stalker. One big thing that's luck. One big thing that's missing now is the Joshi scene is so far down. When I started going, all Japan women was still going strong with Toyota there, and that was probably my favorite stuff I saw live, just because that was something totally different that you couldn't get in the states. Yeah, that, that's that's how I feel because when I go there. Uh, Joshi's always the first thing I want to go see. Uh, um, you know, th- this year I saw uh, Queen Bee, which was amazing, and I saw two uh, Karu Ito Dojo shows, and those were pretty good too. And uh, Toyota. Yeah, I remember. I remember in your write-up about the Queen Bee. Who runs that promotion? That is run by uh, um, God. What's his name? Uh, Ishikawa Battleworks. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Queen B, B, Battle Arts. There you go. Oh, that's right. Yeah, well, that Does was any of that stuff make stuff, tape? Right? Oh, yeah. It's all, all the Queen B has been on tape so far. Um, oh, okay. I've yeah. never seen any of that. It's actually, uh, it's it's on, uh, it's on, it can be found online. <laughs> I, I know I found it before. So. Okay. I'm not one to really download stuff, but it's, I guess I'm it, still it, old school in that way. <laughs> It, I spend all day at work in front of the computer, so when I get home, I don't want to sit in front of the computer and watch stuff. No, I don't. I convert if if it's something I want to watch, I'll convert it to DVD and put it and play it. I'll download, but I usually, you know, like don't do whole shows. I'm at the point now where I don't watch complete shows. It's I will, I will watch certain workers, and I will download those matches and put them on a DVD and watch them. I can't. Sit, right. I can't sit in front of my computer either. I just can't do it. Uh, I'm started with that one. I can't do that either. Too much. I struggle to do this two-hour show every week. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Tim, I, I got to ask you, what was the best match you saw out of all your Japan trips? Oh, geez, that's a loaded question. <laughs> I guess the first thing that pops to mind, is, at least on the men's side, was that I went to one Noah show at Karakuen Hall that had a uh, captain's fall match. That uh, the captains were Kobashi and Kenta. That was really great. That was like, I guess, September of '02, and I saw some really good All Japan Women matches. Of course, with I think there was a, I forgot. There was a title match with Mita against somebody. That was really just, good. Just for that, Tim. Just for that, you just say you just say All Japan Women. It's not like yeah. you can really put your finger on, you know. Yeah, I just match. remember there was a, a 3WA title match that was really good, and there was like a 
two out of three tag title match with Takako and uh, Eagle Sawai, I think, against... Uh, no, it was Rumi Kazama and Takako against Nana and Momoe, I believe. I miss Momoe. <laughs> Don't we all? I, I, can't, I can't agree with you guys because I'm really not a not a Joshi fan. Really? Yeah. Wait, why never why really Joshi love? Doesn't I've it, never really it, gotten into it. Hmm. I, probably I too late I now. Mean, <laughs> well, call call me old school, but I mean I, I was I was a fan when the women were brought in as an attraction with the midgets. So mm. I mean, you know, an all women show kinda just really I couldn't really do it. Now, on the other hand, if I were to take a trip to Japan, I would definitely check out a Joshi show. So then I could see it live, and then I might change my mind. Oh, you will if you see it live. Once you see how stiff those those women are, and I just, yeah, that'll do it for you. I don't know if modern Joshi is going to really get you all that excited, but. Honestly, I haven't seen that much in the past three or four years. And what I have seen, it seemed like it was missing something, where they were, athletically, they were they still had it a little more than I might have expected, but it just seemed like it was missing that spark of athleticism. It seemed like they were just going through the moves, but they didn't really have any reason behind why they were fighting. So would you guys say that uh, Japan's due for a Joshi boom? Oh, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it'd be great, but, you know, there's so many problems with the reasons that it won't work. I mean, you know, the men's stuff isn't popular, so the women's stuff won't be. And, you know, right now there's just no uh, women that are really going to be able to, you know, even become stars, and there's no TV for Joshi. So, they're not, you know, even if someone becomes a star, no one's going to see them. Yeah, it seems like... Uh... At least the recent stuff I've seen, you've got the veterans who don't really have it anymore but are in those top positions because no one else is ready. And then the the young ones that they try to elevate up higher on the card, you watch them and go, they're really not ready for this position they're being put in. I'm thinking that... What- I'm thinking that the trainees that come in, there are probably so few of them these days that they probably just train them and let them wrestle, where in the old days they probably wouldn't have even made it past the first week. Uh, that's exactly true. I mean, Neo has a total of two girls in their dojo right now. So it's uh, not so very the, good. So, so the talent pool and and the the rookies, you know, the, the young girls coming up, the, the talent pool is rather thin. Oh, yes. <laughs> it is as thin any, as it could be. Any idea why? Well, um, there's uh, basically there's no TV, so there's no girl, no little girls who can watch and want to become wrestlers. So, you know, there's nowhere for them to scout. You know, they can't. If no one's watching it, no one knows about it, and no one's going to join it. And yeah, there's no money. That- so. I think the generation that had, like, Toyota and Shimoda and Mita all grew up watching Chigasai and all of them, so they wanted to wrestle. And then I I would assume the younger girls that came on after that watched Toyota and that crowd, and now it's like, well, who's left? Right. I, I, although I have to admit, though, I think uh, there's one girl, her name's Fuka, and I think she could be really big. She's 
She's an idol type wrestler, and she's a legit kickboxer. She's won a match or two. Wait, you you I, said Fuka? Fuka. Fuka, yeah. I've seen her on some indie fleet shows, you know, uh, small shows, and she's pretty good. Big favorite of mine. <laughs> there you go. And actually, now, you, I'm... Uh, uh, excuse me, now, I don't mean to butt in. Now, do you guys... Do you think that Fuka will be more than just an attraction? I've never seen her, so I can't speak on that. I, you know, I, I think she could be. I mean, she runs her own shows, and so, um, you know, obviously there's a bit, pretty big fan base there. And, um, you know, she's a legit fighter. And uh, recently, I, I wanted to mention this, uh, she, she, went north, she went to Korea. And while there, she actually got into a shoot fight with another wrestler because this wrestler was a debut and uh, she was a Korean TV star, and apparently no one clued her in that this is a work. So she literally <laughs> tried to shoot on Fuka, and Fuka ended up uh, beating her with a high kick. Oops. Is she <laughs> the one that got on the, in the fight on the street somewhere? Did somebody try to mug her, or that was a different wrestler? <laughs> uh, they tried, they, she, she's had more rape cases than I think any wrestler in history. She's been at least three guys that I know of have tried to, you know, <laughs> Poor girl. So how now, many dojos now, still run over there for women? There's uh there's JWP, there's Neo, there's Kiro Ito, uh Ooh, and uh maybe Wave and Ibuki and that's about it. Is there still the dojo one of the coolest things I did on one of my trips was we got to go to the, an RCON dojo open house thing. That was really cool. They, We saw them do exercises and stuff, and then they sparred around in the ring. I, it's available on one of George's uh, diary tapes, cheek plug. But uh, I was just wondering if that dojo is still around. I know it went from RC on to A to Z, and I didn't know where it went after that. I could not tell you. I have no idea. <clears throat> okay, um, we're, we're going to switch gears from... Uh, from Joshi to uh Yeah, I was wondering how we got into that. That's okay. Hey. You know, I'm wondering if Dean is a no show. You think there Dean is no show to I don't know. He still has an hour and seven minutes of live time to go, so Right. Now we're we're gonna we're gonna switch it up and we're gonna go to the Death Valley Driver uh nineteen nineties, the best indie matches of the nineties. Now, Tim, did you, you've seen all of those matches, I'm assuming. More than likely. I don't know what the... Uh, I couldn't tell you exactly what's on the list. Oh, I got the list right here, brother. Believe oh, okay. Uh, number one and number two, the Hardys and the Serial Thrillers. Uh, those, I think, were on the Uncommon Passion DVD, which is really fun stuff. Right, um, yeah. And number three... I supplied our spots with those tapes, actually. There you go. There it is. And number three, which is up from my way for APW, January 15th, 1999, Chris Daniels and Michael Modest. Um, have you seen this match? Yeah, they had more than one, didn't they? I think I remember two different ones that they had. Yeah, there were two. Yeah, I think and, I've um, seen both of them. I liked, I loved 1999, which is the one that's listed here, and... Wait, I take that back. I love the 98 
because I was in the crowd for that one, and I filmed '99. So I was at ringside actually filming the match, and it was fun stuff, uh, just exceptional, exceptional stuff. And I'm I'm going through this list here, and it's you know there's a bunch of different things, a bunch of different styles. There's you have the Carolina stuff with the with the Omega, you have uh, some North Northeast stuff, you have Smoky Mountain, you have some uh, West Coast stuff. You have Aaron O'Grady against Vic Grimes, uh, January 18th, 97, the car shot heard around the world. Uh, I was there. That I haven't it seen. Insane. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I read about it. I remember reading about it, but I never saw that one. Oh, man. It's on the Death Valley driver board um, in the request forums and matches, matches everywhere. You need to check I did really out. like Aaron O'Grady, though. God, he was so good. He was so good. The matches he had with Modest were were all Japan type style matches and, and you know, there were like a hundred of us in that garage. You know, we had no fucking idea. But that, that summer ninety seven was just just amazing. The whole summer. So much great work, storylines, everything worked. And um well I you you brought up Crash. Uh who was the one that said they liked um uh Aaron? Mike. Tim. Tim? Yeah. Okay. Rob, what did you think of Crash Holly, Mike Lockwood, Aaron O'Grady? Uh, you know, uh, I've only seen his WWF stuff, so I'm probably a little bit limited. But, uh, you know, he was really good for his role, and he was always entertaining. And no matter what anyone says, a lot of his hardcore stuff is probably never going to be forgotten. So. Mm-mm. I have a five-disc best of the of the hardcore title DVD set. It's just got, it's got Mikey all over it. It's just insane. That stuff was so fun. And, I, you know, that's what's missing now is is uh, wrestling-based comedy. Um, there's, sure, Santino goes out and cuts his comedy promo, but there's nothing out there that, that's in the ring that, that makes you, you know, enjoy yourself and have fun. Now, now in Japan, you've got the stalker matches, and there's comedy all over the place. And because, you know, they don't take themselves too seriously. Uh, what, what do you think about that, Tim? I'm to the point where I don't like much comedy in my wrestling, so therefore it's got to be really good to get me. Like sometimes Cabana will really get me with some of the stuff he does and some of Kikutaro's stuff. But by and large, I would rather just be serious. But like I said, those those few guys will do comedy stuff that I really like. I don't watch WWF, so I haven't really seen all that much of Santino, so can't comment on that. I, uh, How about you, Rob? Well, I, you know, in the WWF, or WWE, excuse me, they, they tend to treat everything as serious, and that's kind of where it downfalls, because when you're treating it like that, you can't be funny like that. You know, uh, you know with Japan, like you said, they kind of, you know, you understand certain matches are just to be for fun, but... You know, with the WWF, you know, even when they're being goofy, they try to push it as, oh, this is legit, this is real, and just doesn't work. It's a complete fail. Well, a lot of that may have to do with writing as well. Oh, God. Don't even mention writing. I, I, that was the beginning of the end for me when they, they started calling them writers instead of bookers. Right. That was it. Completely turned things around for me. You know, Stalker is one of my favorite guys to watch just because he is such a lame fuck. 
Um, we're we're going to start with uh, Tim. What's your favorite stalker match? There was a match he had with Aja Kong that I thought was fun. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that, that, that's going back to like the late 90s, but I remembered that uh, that she covered him and he placed his hands in certain uh, areas that uh, got to pop out of the crowd, let's say. <laughs> and and she stayed with the pin and no-sold it, right? I think so, yeah. Well, there you go. All suspicions are right. Aja Kong is a lesbian. So that answers that. Uh, how about you, Rob? Uh, I always like uh, his match with uh, the great Sasuke. He uh, he tries to do all of Sasuke's moves, and it's it doesn't work at all. It's great. He uh, he does he does the flying space tiger drop and ends up choking himself on the rope. I think he uh, also crutches himself when doing some other move, and it's just it's good. <laughs> <laughs> mine mine was when Necro Butcher decided to kill him in Southern California. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Oh, I want to see that. Uh, I'm waiting for someone to post that damn thing on the board again. I forgot where I saw it. I thought I think it may have been YouTube or something. Or I, I don't remember offhand. I think one of the young I bucks. I did see one match he had in PWG. I forgot who he wrestled. Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. He didn't wrestle Kikutaro in PWG, did he? No, no, no. That was uh, that was Kushnaba. Kikutaro wrestled Cabana, I think, on one show I saw. Yes. And then uh, Wade... That had the that hilarious was, uh, spot of the uh, the fans threw the streamers in, and Kikutaro picked it up and, and pretended like it was a roll of toilet paper as he was crouching. Uh, <laughs> I love Kikutaro. That guy rules. He rules. Now, and he's a nice guy to boot. There you go. Even better. Uh, you, you mentioned Kikutaro... Uh, let's discuss his his ever long series he had with uh, with Kamen. Um, oh, I'm looking at my list here. It was actually Mad Classic, not Colt Cabana. There it is. There you go. Hopefully, Mad Classic will return to Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Actually, that no. Mad Classic will Mad Classic will probably show up on the NWA Showcase TV, considering it was a uh, it was a, a Big Vision creation. So that he was the happen. only reason I ever watched WSX. There it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of other people would watch it to see the SoCal indie guys, but I was like, "Fuck you, dude! I get my I get my discs every week, you know." So it's not like that show really did anything for me. He was the highlight. Now, now going back to um, Kikutaro and uh, came in. What? Tim, what was your favorite match in Osaka Pro that these two guys had? They had a bunch. I think I've only seen one ever. I haven't seen much Osaka Pro at all. So, the one I saw though, like for the next two months, every different friend that came around, I made him watch that match because it was just hilarious the way they would very slowly and deliberately run the ropes and barely touch each other and all that good stuff. I'm a geek, but January twelfth. 2002. <laughs> I'm a geek. How about you, Rob? Well, we have dorks uh, out here, so we're geeks and dorks. I, I, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat, unfortunately. I, I I haven't seen as much of Soccer Pro as I'd like to, and I think I've only seen maybe one of their matches and one in PWG. And I, I can tell you, I really enjoyed the PWG one. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
88 miles per hour? Yes. Yes. Good show. Very good show. At the Jewish Community Center. That was a great building. And I've been there. That's a, that's a, even though I'm from PA, I've, I've been there before. That's a interesting building. It, it was <laughs> uh, horrible to find a place to park nearer than uh, those lights were killer in there. Oh. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, of uh, Keiko Taro, uh, what, what do you, uh, Tim, what do you think of the um, interaction that he's done with Kijimuro? I haven't really seen it. Okay, there's a there's a DVD floating around on the net where uh, it's the best of Ebison. I think you can get it at IVC Videos if I remember right, and it's got a bunch of a uh, couple singles matches and a bunch of uh, tag matches, six mans with uh, Kikutaro in there against uh, Liger, um, teaming with Mudo, uh, working against. Uh, Jimmy Wang Yang under a hood as eight man. Uh, you know, there's a there's another guy that's a cry and shame how his career turned out. Yeah, no shit. I'm I'm Talk happy he's making money, but <laughs> given that I haven't seen the man Russell in five years or something, until you mentioned him, I'd kind of forgotten he was existed. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean. He, he, you really would, you know, you wouldn't know he's wrestling by uh, watching a edition of Monday Night of uh, SmackDown. I actually met him in Japan once when he was on an, uh, I think it was All Japan. Yeah, it was right after yeah. Muda took over. And he was mm-hmm. one of the nicest guys. It was just very odd to meet this guy that uh, is Korean or whatever, and he had such a southern accent. <laughs> and I'm he was very easy to, get really... to talk to. He was very easy to talk to. In fact, within five minutes, he was practically asking me to take him to the Torimon show. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, all, all the wrestlers are so are so different in Japan. You know, they're all, uh, they're all such nice guys, you know. It, it's really amazing. It's, you know, I think they under... Uh, my, uh, my Japanese friend tried to explain to me that, you know, when Americans go over there, we're kind of, you know, since we pay so much money and it's such a big trip for us, they... The wrestlers try to make it better for us because they understand how much went in, into it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, gotta pay the bills, man. Gotta play a commercial, so we'll be back momentarily. Pro wrestling got you down. Need something to lift your spirits? Listen to the podcast at AngryMarks.com. If wrestling gets you all hot and bothered, we've got what you need. Visit AngryMarks.com or subscribe for free on iTunes. The AngryMarks.com podcast, where the marks get nothing but satisfaction. All righty, got that out of the way. Um, It's required that I play that commercial on every show. That's part of being being a member of the AngryMarks.com podcast network. Um, All right, we're back. Um, just needed a little break. Um, let's see. Where can let's change these things up. Um, now, Tim, how long how long have you been a fan of pro wrestling? Since uh, summer of '84. Oh, geez, <laughs> you were, and you've been you've been in the Mid Atlantic area since then, correct? Oh yeah, I've always lived in. Oh Virginia. boy, you lucky fuck. 
That's all I have to say is you are so damn lucky to be a fan at that time in 84, 85, 86, 87 in that area. Um, yeah, know, well, at that point, I was too young to go to shows on my own, unfortunately, so I missed out when they used to come to Richmond every two weeks. I was lucky to get my dad to take me like once at like three or four times a year, and then by the time I was old enough to drive, they were only coming once every couple months. So you you would you would go to shows um, during that time period. What matches stand out for you? The first live show I ever went to had the Russians and Rock and Roll doing a one-hour Broadway in the main event. Which Russians? I guess it was Ivan and Nikita, I don't remember, which two of the three. And I remember going to a cage match with uh, Magnum and Tully, which was soon after the Dusty Rhodes broken leg incident, and Dusty came out on crutches and charged the cage after it was over. Lucky you, the ego of the fat man. What's that? The ego of the fat man. Yeah. He's injured, but he still hobbles out to the cage. <laughs> All righty. So, any any other comments there, Tim? I don't know. I just wish I had gone to the Coliseum more to see stuff at that time period. But, like I said, I didn't make it out there as much as I would have liked, especially looking back on it now where I wouldn't even dream of going to a live show in the Coliseum. Yeah, that was, those were the dates. Those were the dates. Uh, so, Tim, what, I, I, I asked this of, um, of people that, you know, were about the same age group and, and we watched a lot of the same stuff growing up. Uh, what time period and what company were your favorite TV? TV? Mm-hmm. Or just yeah. favorite promotion? Yeah, well, TV-wise. TV, I guess I would have to say Smoky Mountain because I was, I guess we're kind of in the age group that just barely missed the actual territorial days, but had read so much about them. So then when Smoky Mountain got started, I was able to see the throwback to the territories slash last gasp of the territories. I was really into it. And I'd seen just enough Memphis and just enough Continental to appreciate a lot of the influences that Cornette was pulling from. Uh, how about you, Rob? Well, uh, I, I, um, I've watched a lot of stuff through DVD, so, you know, uh, stuff that I was uh, too young to watch at the time. But from a DVD perspective, I, you know, I, I always like watching uh, Superstars, WAF from, you know, 90. Uh, that's a good year for me because I like The Warrior and Demolition. But uh, from actual live viewing, uh, I always like to watch Nitro. You know, back in the day, you'd get... You never know who you'd get. You get Rey Mysterio, Prince Ikea, Chris Adams, a Rick Martel appearance. You know, it was always good fun. You know, you never knew who was going to come next. For me, it would have to be 1987 Crockett or the entire Bill Watts UWF TV run. Those two, arguably, arguably some of the best episodic TV that I've ever seen. Um, I'm not talking just pro wrestling. I mean, just in general, episodic TV. That UWF stuff was just beyond beyond anything that I could comprehend. Just the way that they, they told stories week in and week out. 
everything intertwined, and they didn't insult your intelligence. And oh, yeah, that was great. And Watts had to explain everything, too. And he did a good job doing it. Yep. Yeah, we got that enrichment on one of the cable stations for a while. It aired at like 6 p.m. on a Monday night, but I always made sure to watch it. I think that was during 87 or something like that. Now, Right you, before the buyout. Now, yep. The, oh, God. Talk about another fuck-off. But that was back in the days where when cable hit and wrestling was still, you know, attractive for TV programmers to show, you could get stuff from all over the country on cable, and you could watch hours and hours every week and not get bored with it. Whereas now everything is the same, where I couldn't dream of watching every show that's on, even though it's probably less hours than it was then. Right, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, you know, I've seen uh, schedules before, and I've seen... Something like 20 shows a week were on at one time that were just pro wrestling, and I, you know, I couldn't even imagine that now. Like, I, I would have to kill myself if there were 20 WWE shows in one week. I mean, oh. oh, no, thank you. I'm I'm happy with uh, downloading my weekly NWA Anarchy and watching NWA Showcase. That's enough for me. And now Ring of Honor. So, you know, that's all I watch as far as uh, from a quote unquote TV standpoint. Um, Tim, you you mentioned Smoky Mountain. Um, what what were some of your uh, your favorite angles and matches from that period? Well, pretty much anything the Heavenly Bodies did. The first Bluegrass Brawl with that three way match. Unfortunately, I wasn't there live, but a good friend of mine was, and pretty much everything the Rock and Roll and Heavenly Bodies did. And I went to a couple of the fan weeks and. I don't know, it was just a great time. I And I remember details of everything they did because they took their time and actually built stuff. Whereas, you know, if you ask me trivia questions about the last 15 years, I'd probably be lucky to tell you what year stuff happened in WCW or WWF. But Smoky Mountain, I could probably tell you within like two months of when anything happened. Yeah, I have to say that that's a good point you make, you know, because how slow things went, you can you really you remember it a lot better and you intake it so much better. You know, I'm the same way, I couldn't tell you what happened when now. It's terrible. And when Terry Funk came in was great because I was just getting to the point where I realized Terry Funk was a god on earth. So when he came into Smoky Mountain and actually did a moonsault, that was just everybody was going crazy. An old man's not supposed to do shit like that. It's amazing. And that was a unique time in the business where he worked was working for both Smoky Mountain and ECW kind of at the same time there. Right. Wasn't wasn't he also doing shots for ECW or for WCW, or was it just that one slamboree with Sully? I think he just did the slamboree, but I. I'm not sure. And that was in Philly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, there you go. You didn't have to travel. So that that makes sense. <clears throat> now, tell me, Tim, what during Smoky Mountain, what was your, your favorite program that, that they ran? Their, 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 your favorite feud? Hmm. That's a good question. 
like I said, the heavenly body stuff was good, but I think the whole deal they did with the Tracy Smothers dirty white boy, that whole feud when they first started from when white boy won the title, when the promotion started all the way to the chase of when, uh, DWB burned Tracy Smothers' Confederate flag, and then they had the match at Bluegrass Brawl where Smothers won the title. And the friend of mine that went to the show said that some someone from the Klan actually came up to Smothers at the gimmick table and is like, if you don't win the belt tonight, we're taking him out. So luckily he was scheduled to win the belt. But then after, the, after that, when they built up the whole... Uh, Tony Anthony turns babyface and teams with Tracy Smothers and the feud with Brian Lee where they were, uh, Brian Lee and Tammy were allegedly drugging Ron Wright to get him to turn against White Boy, but then he turned face. All that stuff was just great. And see, all that episodic stuff, that's um, like two years of stuff I just recapped right there. Well, that's that's missing. And, And to be honest, I think that the recent the most recent stuff that that would that would even come close to that type of TV was OVW ending I'd say about 2003 with uh, Cornette you know some of the, sure a lot of the stuff was rehashed from Smokey and before that but still that I couldn't wait to get the the, the OVW TV tape in the mail just because of the the same type of booking and storytelling um well, yeah, I only you, saw bits you? and pieces of OVW. Yeah, I'm a big OVW fan myself. So I can. I remember watching. I saw a bunch during the time period where they were doing the. Uh, I guess it was Damage of Densmore and um, mm-hmm. Machine. And a, a friend of mine and I actually went out to Louisville for the last dance. Awesome. Where Machine unmasked is Doug Basham. Man, that, that that's good shit. And and then I saw it. Uh, I kind of lost track of it there for a while, and then I saw it again during the time where it's like CM Punk and Brent Albright were doing their stuff. That was some of the better stuff at that point. Well, that was the only highlight I think during that time period, the Paul Heyman time. Yeah. I think that was the only highlight that program. Um, now, the the what 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 really boggles my mind is that you look back at at OVW TV, you look back at the Smoky Mountain TV, you look back at his promos and, and the stuff he's done at ringside, and it, it's amazing that Jim Cornette is not the sole booker for TNA. Imagine what Mr. Cornette could do with all the talent that they have. Uh, it's beyond hope at this point. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, but a year and a half ago or whenever he first went there, I would say that, yeah, there was probably a chance that could have been turned around at that point. Yeah, I don't think any, all the help in the world could uh, do anything for TNA right now. I mean, they're they're too far over the edge. With, I mean, with, the sad thing really, is, if you if you look at the talent roster they have, it's pretty much like if you had asked me three years ago who my favorite wrestlers were, I would have named all the guys that are in TNA currently, and now I don't wouldn't even consider watching it. What what really bothers me is that there isn't one person at Spike TV that watches the show and they don't get a headache, they don't go crazy. How in the fuck could that show make the air every week? <laughs> Honestly. Uh, it, it brings the ratings, you know, that's the only thing. And there's contracts. 
that's that's about all I could say. I like that that uh, Wrestling Observer Live or whatever show the other week where Meltzer and Brian were talking about how well you know they can get ratings by people just leaving the TV on as background noise. <laughs> I like the fact that they had to come up with that excuse. <laughs> that was good stuff. You know that was good stuff. I, I that, yeah honestly, I couldn't explain the ratings. The the best one I heard about it was. Uh, how somehow the NBA, uh, when the NBA is either playing on playoffs or playing games, I believe, this somehow translates to TNA ratings. Supposedly there's a big carryover audience, but uh, I couldn't yeah. figure that one out for the life of me. With the NBA? Yeah, okay. The NBA's not even on that channel. Uh, exactly, but, but there's some kind of correlation between the two, and it beats me. <laughs> Five foot two, chubby white guys with pimples that sit behind the computer. I don't think that that's the demographic the NBA is trying to touch. So that's bullshit. <laughs> I'm not saying it's true. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Man, we we need to get the hell off TNA. Um, I'm I'm I need more morphine. There's Ring of Honor we can rant about, or I'm going to the Chikara King of Trios we can talk about. Oh, yeah, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm oh, jealous, man. man. There's, there's three shows this weekend that I want to go to, and that's number one. And <laughs> the second one's a lot closer, and I still can't go to that. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, not... okay, we, have, we have a Skype caller on hold. Uh, let's patch him in. Uh, come on. Hello? Hi, caller. Who am I speaking with? This is uh, Martin from Denmark. Hey, Martin. How you doing, buddy? Hello there. <laughs> How you been, man? I'm a good friend of Rob. <laughs> this is one of my Japan buddies. This is uh, oh, the King cool. of Denmark, Martin. <laughs> uh, i got to ask you questions. Uh, how much do you think... Uh, WrestleMania will do on pay-per-view this year. It hasn't really been that great build-up. 600,000. Really? Mm-hmm. Not hasn't really been that, uh, which, which matches are you looking forward to the most? Not. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. They, they've killed just about every match for me, unfortunately. But, uh... You know, maybe I'm looking forward to the Divas Rumble. I, I want to see who comes back. <laughs> really? I'm open. I'm open for an aerial appearance. Uh, then I'll be happy. But uh, oh, uh, they've, yeah, uh, they, that's they've, worth fifty bucks. <laughs> hey, I, I'm going. So <laughs> I mean, oh, okay. nothing they do is going to be worth it to me. So you know, I, I, I'm like I, I gave up hope. <laughs> what about you, Martin? What are you thinking, man? What, what's exciting you about that? Well, the uh, only thing that excites me is really uh, Michaels and Undertaker match. I think that's been a pretty good build-up so far. Now, is that worth for you staying up? Because you have to stay up to an odd time to even see that. Or is that a... No, no, no way. <laughs> well, we we don't even get it on pay-per-view, so I'll just download it the next day. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hope Vincent listens. Poor guy. <laughs> Wait, what time is it over there, Martin? We're we're curious because it's, uh, it's all different times it's, over here. It's almost a 4 a.m. I just woke up actually. 
Yeah. See how popular the show is, Casey? Come on, man. There it is. There it is. We we get callers from Japan. We get callers from uh, Europe. You know, we're fucking over. No matter what anybody says, we're over. <laughs> well, this, show now, is, this, show, this show is better than Wrestling Observer Live. Let me say that. <laughs> <laughs> now, that is a compliment. <laughs> I guess. Well, that's because we've made it 52 minutes without talking about MMA. Well, I have no idea. So, I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've been lost and cut off. So, I mean, I, I managed to get UFC 96 on DVD to me in the hospital. But other than that, I have pretty much no idea. So I, I don't watch any wanted... MMA except for Brock Lesnar matches. So, <laughs> what, what about you, Martin? You watch, I know you watch some. Oh, yeah, I watch a bunch. I just watched the, the Bob Lesnar match with the... The fat guy, what's his name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name? I can't remember. Greedo. Jason that's right. last name. Yeah. We just call him Jason. We don't call yeah, him Jason anything else. Greedo. Just Jason. We cannot mention then, his last name that, that, at all. That match, that match wasn't that good, really. I was really, really disappointing. And uh, I think lastly, you need to really, really have some better matches if you plan on getting into UFC. Now, how long do you think uh, Lashley might need? Probably a year. Mm. I have to guess. How about you, KZ? What do you think? I would put him on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Season 10, they are doing heavy, or is it 10 or... No, whatever the next one is after the one that starts next week, they're they're casting for middleweights, heavyweights, or middleweight, light heavyweights, and heavyweights. So they may as well fucking sign him, put him on the Ultimate Fighter. Why not? It's a good build-up. Actually, that's a great idea. They can even make him a big star on it. Exactly. Exactly. And they don't have to pay a fucking dime. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they don't have to pay a dime. I think they mentioned on one of the Observer shows possibly having uh, Ishii and uh, Lashley on the same show. Now, that that could be pretty interesting, you know, maybe for an ultimate fighter. There you go. But uh, let's uh, let's switch away from anime. I'm really not in the mood to speak. <laughs> now, next Tuesday, that's a different question. I will, I will be back into the swing of things because we have two shows coming up next week, which stuff. So, uh, Martin, is it? Yeah. Okay. Now, we, we were discussing um, Tim and Rob's past trips to Japan. Um, now, Martin, what was the favorite match that, that grabbed your attention on your trips to Japan? Oh, man. I've seen so many. I've done two trips to Japan, both times with Rob, and I really have uh, a lot of memories. I'll say the awesome Kong matches we saw with Genki. Last time I went to Japan, that was that was really good. And um, yeah. we've seen some uh, Queen Bee matches at Shinkeeper. That was also a couple of good ones too. So and then uh, Rob can he can back me up on that. That's a couple of stiff matches in in that promotion. Those oh, yeah, girls we were. Need to, we need to get uh, Queen Bee line. 
Yeah, those were awesome matches, and especially awesome Kong's match with uh, Genki. That was that was a trip. She, uh, I think she power bombed uh, Genki Mise. Uh, uh, she awesome bombed her onto a table outside. That was nuts. That was insane. <laughs> yeah. And uh, even seeing uh, some of the Big Japan uh, death matches uh, was really, really weird and awesome at the same time. <laughs> well, at least at least the Big Japan guys use psychology, unlike the jackasses that do that stuff here in the States. Yeah, I agree, I agree. <laughs> I absolutely hate Ida Ray and really like Big Japan, so... <laughs> Yeah, I've actually really enjoyed the Big Japan I've seen in the past few years because it's one of those things that's unique enough that if you don't watch it all the time, when you do see it, it's like, man, this stuff's really cool. Well, they normally try to do stuff to in the in the what's in the, what's the word? Uh, they try to invent new stuff into their matches. That's not uh, what I do. They just they just copy it or. Just bash it totally with their tubes. Well, Martin, thanks for com- coming on and uh, making the hot tag to Rob. I appreciate you coming on and, and your input, brother. Uh, feel free to call in, you know, anytime. And I'm pretty sure you'll uh, we'll want to download the show. So, thanks for calling in, brother. Thank I'll you. See you later, Martin. Good night. Hey, <laughs> see you later. Have a good one. Awesome, 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 awesome. All kinds of awesome. We actually got a call from uh, from Europe. That that was pretty neat. Um, thanks to Martin for calling in. Uh, that was that was really interesting there. Uh, oh, we're going to uh, switch it up a bit here. Now uh, we know WrestleMania is going to be no buys this year. Yes. And the buys the buys that are going to come from it is going to be from the brand WrestleMania. There's nothing on the show that's telling me, hey, order it. And I don't know. Maybe I'm just flat on on pro wrestling in general, but it's, there's really nothing there on that card, with the exception of Michael's Taker, that that would would uh, really grasp my attention. And it's pretty sad. But you know, we, we are in a down period. But you know, there are things you know on the horizon that that are looking up. Um, now, uh, question to both of you guys: Do either one of you guys watch the NWA TV at all? Um, I don't. I don't watch it. I don't even know how to get a hold of that, unfortunately. But uh, I'd love to. You know, I hear it's some good stuff. NWAWrestling.com. You can watch the uh, watch it on the website or on Colors Network if you have a uh, dish. Um, okay. There's some good. there's some hidden stuff on there, man. There's some really good stuff. You know, Oliver I John. I saw a couple of the me. early episodes, but I haven't seen any of the newer ones. Oh, uh, not of this run. I saw the early ones when, what's that? Was it the run before this one, before the relaunch? Yeah, the disc I have has the uh, Brian Danielson, Sean Denny match on it. Mm, Okay, yeah, that's good stuff too. I'm I'm also an admin at airplanespin.com where we talk about mid-Atlantic indie wrestling, and so Sean Denny's a good friend of mine, and I had to see that match again after seeing it live. Oh, Tim, I, I have a message from one Chris Escobar. He says hello. Oh, great. 
Yeah, I yeah apparently he had his, uh, he went back to the doctor, he had his uh, operation on his leg, they had the big uh, fundraiser for him to raise money for his leg operation, and apparently he's doing a lot better than the, even the doctor expected, so I'm glad to hear from him indirectly here. Well, since you being in the Virginia area, you know, there's a handful of guys there, uh, Chris Escobar, Sean Denny, uh, Damian Wayne. Um, when are these guys going to really, you know, like take it on the road and and leave Virginia and and show the rest of the country, you know, what's up? Well, they've some of them have worked shots with Ring of Honor, and some of those shows I've been at, and unfortunately, I think they're so used to like working old school where they call everything in the ring, and then they get to Ring of Honor, and I think they work out a lot of stuff in the back and. They just aren't into that, so they haven't really shown what they could do in the ring, I don't think, as well as they should have. Another one that you should mention is Brandon Day. I'm a big fan of him, and he worked the uh, he's worked two Ring of Honor shows. He was on the Pittsburgh show last week, and he's got what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was at the show, and I did not see this. What, what, was he in the dark he worked match? At, yeah, he worked a dark match. I forgot uh, who he worked. Why? I I'm, I have a habit. I've been to, I think, ten Ring of Honor shows now, and I've only ever uh, attended one actual dork match. I, I miss it every time, and it's terrible. Shame. <laughs> now, now, speaking, speaking those of guys are also... dork matches... Well, no, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm out of line. Tim, as you were. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say that... Uh, Wayne and Esco work some FIP, and I think the FIP is running this weekend, and one of the Virginia tag teams called The Set is going down there to work the British Lions. So some of the Mid-Atlantic guys are starting to get around. I don't know what the uh, the uh, FIP Ring of Honor relationship is at this point, but FIP is at least a foot in the door, a, quite a step above indies around here. <clears throat> Now you know that those guys those guys have a, a very good friend that's that's a high up for Ring of Honor. So I, I think they're gonna continue to get booked. That that's good. You know, I, I haven't seen them but you know, it's always good to see people from different areas getting a shot, you know. Even if new talent sucks, it's always nice to see new guys, I think. Yeah, Damian Wayne's looked great in in F I P I think and they've given him a solid push down there. It's just been inconsistent because his first partner Rex Sterling took some time off, and then Esco got hurt, so he hasn't exactly gotten a consistent push. So maybe he'll go singles now that Esco's on the shelf. Well, we we have another caller on the line from the eight hundred four caller. Who am I speaking with? Well, it's not Dean. If that answers your question, uh, it's oh, I know who Kevin. this bum is. <laughs> What's going on, Tom? Hey, hey how's uh, it going? No, you know, not too bad. I've been listening to the whole thing. Unfortunately, I didn't have a whole lot to contribute until you brought up the area. So, and I guess I might not uh, have that much to contribute as we speak. But <laughs> this is one of my fellow airplane spinners. Yeah, uh, my name's Kevin, by the way. So I I didn't introduce myself, I suppose. But uh, yeah, Thanks I mean, for calling I, in, Kev. No, no Do problem. Do you remember yeah, who I, Brandon Day worked in Pittsburgh? I don't, but I have the powers of internet in front of me. I can try and find out. Hold on. Oh, you said it was the Pittsburgh show, right? 
Yeah, or uh, Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, I think was the actual town oh, yeah. name. Yeah, that's what it's. That, that's where they were actually at. And, uh, is Elizabeth, that, is that actually the Pittsburgh market? Well, uh, Elizabeth is about 45 minutes outside of the city, and basically that's where the local federation, which is called IWC, they run right, up there. Yeah. So okay. I, and Ring of Honor always tends to run where uh, IWC is running. So there you go. I went to a show in 03 in Pittsburgh at some community college, but it, I'm pretty sure that wasn't Elizabeth. Yeah, oh, well, um, that's the old that's the old arena. Uh, IWC got kicked out of that one, and they have okay. What was the name of that town? That that was uh oh brother, God um oh I can't even think of it. But that's uh yeah I I can't think of it right now. Okay. I have an answer for who Brandon Day worked. Uh, apparently, he was in the uh, pre-show tag match uh, that got broke up by. Bison Smith destroying everyone. That, uh, Yay for Bison! And Grizzly Redwood faced Brandon Day and Question Mark. So. Yay! Bison <laughs> killed them all. But yeah, I also Bison, wanted to. Uh, Bison should be the next GHC heavyweight champion. I also kind of wanted to bring up a couple of other names that Tim uh, maybe just forgot about, I guess. But uh, Joey Sylvia is another guy who's just amazing. Actually, he's pro- probably. The only guy down here that hasn't worked for Ring of Honor that absolutely needs to. So, if any of those powers that be are listening, gosh, guys, got to bring him in. He's just—he's the real deal. I've seen him work a lot of guys. Sean Denny and uh, Sean Denny, Rex Sterling. Uh, and he's worked just—I mean—a number of really good guys down here, and he totally deserves a break. If not uh, in ROH, at least in FIP, uh, which. Uh, I was kind of informed that somebody, an, another tag team from around here, might be working FIP this weekend. Uh, I just mentioned that right before you called. Oh man, okay, I, okay, well, stealing my damn I'm spotlight. stealing your thunder, man. You should have been on here from the start. Dean, <laughs> well, hey, showed. Yeah, you guys, I, keep, I, put, I, keep keep putting ahead. the talent over because I know Adam does listen to the show, so keep yeah. putting them over. Absolutely, man. Um, but yeah. I, so I imagine you. I, I take it you did bring up both. You know, uh, Lan- or I, what? What did you refer to him as? Because he goes by so many different names. But Jason and his partner. Them, I didn't even mention them by individual names. I just okay. said that. Yeah. Well, I don't know how uh, if you guys keep up with uh, Chikara, but so much. But uh, the Jason's partner. Uh, he wrestles under the name Lance Lube, Lance Lude, depending on the market. Of whoever wants to book him as whatever, I guess. But um, he also worked uh, uh, Chikara's Young Lions Cup a couple years ago under the uh, name Ultra Dragon. So I don't know if that sounds familiar to anyone, but there you go. Makes sense. Absolutely, he's absolutely probably one of the best, you know, high flyers in the area, hands down. So I, I if. I don't understand. Well, I I, I kind of know why he hadn't continued to get work in Chikara, but it's it's kind of unfortunate in that way. I think one of the things they cited because he worked there as Alter Dragon, and at that time they had Dragon Dragon, Retail Dragon. The whole idea was, well, we kind of would like somebody who's not a dragon, but uh, <laughs> and and I guess in what would consider to be be considered a family friendly promotion, they don't want somebody who goes around humping stuff. I'm not sure. 
But uh, that, that's part of his his whole shtick is he's just I don't know what the best way to put that is, but yeah, I guess he goes goes around humping stuff a little bit. But no, he's he's he is actually a really good high flyer, and I'd say one of the better untapped talents in the area as well. So. Not that the Mid Atlantic's known for high flying, though. Well, yeah. So I mean, he's clearly a diamond in that rough. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I guess I'm out of stuff to contribute. I don't know. <laughs> We got to show some like, love to the Hall Stars as well. We'll throw them in. Oh there. yes, the Hall Stars. Yeah, that it's unfortunate though because they lost that belt or their their glorious belt that they uh, wore to the ring with their guitar straps. That was yeah, KZ. Fantastic. You need to see that they came out with they would come out with the belts strung around them like guitar on guitar straps instead of wearing them around their waist. And they would play them on the way to the ring. It was it, it was something to see, but unfortunately, one of them was injured or something, and had to miss a show. And I guess they took the belts off them at that point. But yeah. Damn. Damn. Well, instead, what they need to do is they they need to go to high spots and buy one of those uh, one of those uh, generic independent tag belts, so <laughs> then they can just come down with their own belts. Well, I I, I guess that could work. <laughs> Why not? Why the hell not? You know, they could claim to be the real tag team champions, and God, easy booking. Come on. <laughs> Fuck Adam Pierce. I should be booking ROH. No, 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 no. <laughs> wow. You know, hey, Adam, it, not us. To say that. <laughs> <laughs> My phone's going to ring in about half an hour. What'd you uh. say? What'd you say? <laughs> but, you know, all in good fun. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's good to see that, that the Mid-Atlantic's hot. Um, now, I don't know if I'd go I mean, that far. It's kind of yeah, leveled off. I mean, they've got a lot of good talent, but at this point, I, I'd say that it's more kind of in a rebuilding stage than it is, you know, presently hot. So, I mean, they've got a lot of good talent that can go places, but the, they're at the point where they can only really work each other, so they can't grow that much. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, working in ROH, of course, is going to kind of expand their horizons and, you know, starting to take outside bookings, as Tim probably mentioned, you know, it's it's only going to help things. But eventually those guys are going to leave and then you're going to have that void that, you know, these guys that are still not quite ready to lead an entire movement, I guess, in an area. You know, that, that's kind that's, of the... That, that's what happened. That, you know, that that's that's... It's up to the promoters that these guys work for to bring in talent to work with these guys. Well, you know, I mean, and it's, yeah. that's like talking I, I to the wall because finances <laughs> get brought up the first time oh, you yeah. mention that. Yeah, and we've got a lot of old school, old school promoters who just if they don't know them personally or haven't, you know, heard about them through other guys. Now, I, they're uh, VCW who runs in Virginia Beach in the Norfolk area. Uh, they're starting to loosen up a little bit about that because a lot of their higher, nor a lot of their, you know, more recognized talent starting to work in Ring of Honor. So they recently got Grizzly Redwood and Rhett Titus down, and there are talks of you know some other people coming down as well in the future. But um, that's really the only instance of, well, I, I shouldn't say that too because there's another promotion down in uh, North Carolina who's starting to get. Uh, it was it PWE, I guess, Tim. 
that Is that I was, the one in Burlington? I, yeah, I think they were the ones that I was telling you about that uh, Chris Hero was going to be working for. Oh, yeah, Friday. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's the one that Wayne's yeah. on, yeah. Right, yeah, Chris Hero and Rhett Titus are going to be down there. But, uh, I mean, there's really only a handful of promotions that are, you know, willing to do that. Uh, I mean, I've talked to you know a lot of promoters around here, and and, and Tim's right. You tell, you mentioned you know possible outside talent, and the first thing they say is, well, you know, Joe Bumblefuck isn't going to know who he is, so why should I pay this extra money to bring him in? And it's it's not about match quality; it's about making money, or or not even making money, but being able to put on the next show and not breaking the bank on guys that you know the fans may have never heard of. So it's 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 really a catch twenty two in a way because a lot of the guys around here are not really willing to push the envelope to change things. They're willing to just kind of you know stick with what worked and what you know sort of continues to work. So. Well, if there's a show that is going to draw decent enough to justify outside talent, you kind of want the local guys to get paid as well. So. Because yeah. I know in past years there were always stories about, well, we didn't get paid much tonight, so it's probably best they get reimbursed now for maybe what they did in the past instead of paying yeah. the outside guy to come in. So I can see both sides of the equation, but it is frustrating to to know that guys could be making connections right here in the state and no one's willing to bring outside guys in. Right. Now, my, my question is for you gentlemen. Um, is there any chance that, the, any of that of the Mid-Atlantic crew would come out to uh, Hollywood, California for the NWA TV taping? Um, well, didn't, well, Damian Wayne actually went out to Las Vegas a couple of years ago, I believe, for the original. That was when he won the strap, the North American strap from uh, yeah. the whoever that uh, the Drew Canadian Onyx? guy was. No, that, yeah, that, it was yeah, Drew Onyx. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And uh, that, yeah, that happened out there. Chris Escobar went out um, well, Chris Escobar, yeah, he and uh, his then tag team partner, a guy named Alex Sage, they went out to the Inoki Dojo out in uh, California a few years ago. Uh, well, I, I guess I guess it was more I like have, 2004, I have Escobar's, 2005. I have Escobar's only NWA showcase match. So, is that the one with uh, Human Tornado, or Excuse is me? that something else? Didn't he work Human Tornado, or was that the Legends convention, Tim? It was the Legends. It was not know. Tornado. Oh, okay. Was, I can't remember offhand, but he was in the opening match of fuck me, uh, August, September, September 18th, 2007, Joe. Okay. Yeah, so that was, yeah, yeah, that was, a, that was a couple years after the whole Minoki Dojo thing happened, because, well, clearly that fell apart, but. Kind of. <laughs> well, uh, or kind of. Yeah. I, I don't it's still there, but it's, it's a it's a lucha dojo now. Oh, okay. It's still there, so, but it, it, there it's aren't. not. It doesn't have those same Inoki connections no. so much. Yeah. Uh, no, no. <laughs> the the gym is still. It's they're still running shows mm-hmm. and whatnot and uh, training guys, but it's more more lucha based as opposed to uh, other things because they you know they have the connection with Alex Kozlov. Down right, in Triple right. uh, A now, so they're doing more of the lucha stuff. Plus, in L.A., you know, there's in Southern California, L.A., San Diego, there's a lot of lucha shows. So guys are learning lucha so that they can work. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, there's not a whole lot of like 
Lucha, there's not a whole lot of outside influence in this area, truthfully. Is it, do you have anything to contribute on this, Tim? I feel like I'm talking an awful, awful lot when you're the guest. No, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, yeah, there's really not a whole lot of outside influence as far as, you know, other markets that kind of bleed over into this. And, I mean, there's, there is no Lucha influence, even, although there really kind of should be, considering, I mean, there's a pretty heavy Latin American population around, at least in our area, Tim. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, there's clearly a market for it. I'm sure if somebody, you know, put it together and marketed it to such, I mean, we could probably have some success Come on, there's doing no that. such thing as marketing with local indie wrestling? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I <laughs> forgot to take that into the equation. Go back, go back to any of my archive shows with Jesse Hernandez and sit under the learning tree and learn how to promote indie wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that, see, that's not something that you need to be talking to me and Tim about. <laughs> we don't have the kind of money it takes to start these promotions. So, well, we maybe maybe we do, but we we're I don't know. It's, we're it's smart one of those to know better. <laughs> You know, I, I think promoting so easy it's a shame not more of it's done. You know, I mean, how much does it really cost to get a couple of flyers and just put them, you know, go to a mall and put on some uh, cars somewhere, you know? Yeah. Or college. Well, in, in the same respect, yeah. in, in, I don't know what California's regulations are like, but uh, in Virginia, I mean, there's a lot of licensing that goes into it. you got to have a booker's license. Or, well, is it just a promoter's license, Tim? Or do you have to have... Yeah, you have to have the promoter's license, and then you have to have a license for each show. So you can't even announce, like, the date and location of your show until it's been approved. And and all your workers have to be licensed. So if you bring in outside talent, then you have to kind of pay to get them licensed unless they've worked in the area in the past. So. Well, that's the great thing about Ring of Honor running Virginia is that you know those oh, yeah. guys are already licensed. So, But, yeah, it, it's... Still to that point, uh, I was trying to get. I, I was working with somebody. You, do you remember, Tim? You remember I was talking to a couple of people last year uh, out in Waynesboro to try and get some stuff right. going out there. And I, I brought up some. I'm not going to name any names just because I don't feel like being that guy. But I, I talked to a few people about bringing in, uh, and you know, dates changed, and I ended up having to you know change the names that I was planning on bringing, trying to bring in. And, you know, it went from somebody they had marginal interest in and to somebody they had never heard of before that I was willing to pay for, and they said no. So, I mean, it's in, in a way, it, again, it's kind of that beating a dead horse type thing. You try to even put your own money towards it in, in some respects, and, you know, you get shut down just because people are afraid to, you know, make changes. So it's... It, Hard. Well, you know, I completely went on a different tangent, didn't I? Thanks for hijacking the show, Kevin. Yeah, you're you're well, welcome. I do what I can. Kev, thanks for coming. In. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show and 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 uh, spreading the love of the Mid Atlantic. I'm going to have to go we'll be... so we can wrap up. All right, uh, take care, guys. I'll see you at the Chikara show, Kevin. All right, off later. Wow, we are. Uh, we got about ten minutes left, guys, but I'm gonna cut it short. Uh, my my legs start to throb, so I'm gonna have to take some morphine, and then I won't be fit for air. So, um, 
Mr. Noel, thank you for coming on. Let's uh, let's plug some stuff. Well, scarepellingspin.com that Kevin and I are admins for. We discuss Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and we'll, I put some uh, DVD reviews on the board there and whatever else comes up. And, uh, of course, deathvalleydriver.com, even though Dean no-showed us tonight. I guess that's about all I have to plug. I'm Wrestling Power. on That's my username on those boards if you want to find me or whatever. Awesome. Now, those that are listening, you need to get with Tim. You need to get the Adam Pierce NWA title defenses in in, uh, in the Mid-Atlantic area. You need to get that DVD. You have to see the one-hour the one-hour match with Damian Damian Wayne and, and uh, uh, Adam. Just really good stuff. And uh, Tim, I would like to personally thank you for filming those matches. Uh, you made this Adam Pierce mark very happy. I'm glad about that. That's why I do it. I want to share it with other people. It's too bad that more people aren't aware of who the Mid-Atlantic talents are. So hopefully we put them over a bit tonight. There you go. There you go. Well, that's what we do here, man. You know, we're not about the mainstream. You know, people people are out there trying to get, you know, the big-name guests that just get released from WWE. I tend to keep it, you know, more on an indie level. Um, since there's really not much coverage, you know, of, of indie guys, say, in the Mid-Atlantic or, or in Southern California, um, you know, we, we try it. That's our whole idea is, you know, giving those, you know, a voice that aren't hurt so that, you know, they're able to, you know, A, get booked somewhere or, you know, maybe even get a contract somewhere. So that's, that's our, our whole deal here. Um, you know, when I hear guys, you know, that are friends of mine and friends of the show that get, get contracts and, and, you know, it just makes me really happy and, you know, seeing guys get booked elsewhere and, you know, it's, it's just, you know, we're doing our part to, to support the little guy because, you know, to be honest, WWE's, uh, developmental system still fucked up. The new talent has to come from somewhere, and Vince is right. grooming it. So, you know, they have to come from somewhere. But uh, once again, Tim, thanks for your time, brother. You know, it was uh, it was my pleasure. Hopefully, you can uh, give Dean a call and call him an asshole for me. So, okay, I will, I will be sure <laughs> to do that. I mean, he's unemployed. What uh, what excuse does he have? He didn't pay his cell phone bill. Uh, maybe that's it. There it is. All right, man. Yeah, we'll have to do this again. Awesome. Thanks for calling in, Tim. It was my pleasure. It was a fun show and, and definitely some wacky discussion. So I nice will, uh, talking to you, Rob, about uh, Japan. All right, thank you. It was nice meeting you, man. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, we'll definitely have to have you on again, Tim. It was, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Okay, that was rusting power tim noel from the mid-atlantic region uh wow well wasn't that a wacky discussion rob that was man could, could you could you possibly ever say you saw that going that way <laughs> oh dude i i had no idea i had no clue um i had no idea where it was going but you know that's part of the fun you know I I'm the anti format guy, dude. So I mean, I don't I don't even let you know ahead of time what we're doing. You know, it's, that's just the way it is, and it's more fun on the fly. God, I'm I'm fucking done. Uh, do you have anything to plug, Rob? 
Ah, you know, I don't have anything, but, you know, go watch Queen Bee. Queen Bee's awesome. Check it out. There you go. We need to get Queen Bee online, brother. <laughs> Somewhere, somehow. Just just the idea of chicks, you know, working the battle arts now works for me. So, I would watch it. And I don't like Joshi, so. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Awesome, awesome. Now, um, are you going to be able to make Tuesday night for our uh, UFC preview show? Uh, let me check out real quick. Let me see my schedule. Cool. Oh, just so busy. Well, I, I, actually, I, I know I don't know if I've told you this before or not, but I um I do I I uh, intern with a radio station, and a right. lot of nights I I have to go to basketball games. Last night I went to high school hockey. How exciting! <laughs> so, so I never you know I never know where I'm going to be, but uh. Yeah, I mean, so far it's looking good. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, it stays that way. Awesome. Well, say goodbye, and I will hang you up. All right. See you guys. Spread the pro wrestling. Um, thanks for the time, brother. Okay, yep. that was my wacky tag team partner Rob from Pittsburgh. Oh boy, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up a few minutes early here, guys. I'm I'm not doing too well. Uh, wow. I'd like to thank uh, Tim Noel. For calling in, and, and Killy Kev from the Angry Marks calling in, and uh, Kevin from the Mid-Atlantic. I'm sorry, brother, but I forgot what website. Uh, airplanespin.com. There we go. Thanks for calling in, guys. It was a, a bunch of wacky discussions this week. Like I said, uh, it will be next Tuesday, the 31st at 7 p.m. Pacific. We'll be on for about an hour or so, uh, previewing Wednesday night's UFC fight night, and the UFC show from the following Saturday. So, uh, yeah, remember, brothers, check out the sponsors, WrestleWarehouse.com, and also check out SlamBamJam.com as well. And also a quick plug this weekend, the 28th on Saturday, 2 p.m. at the DNA Lounge in San Francisco, we have Fog City Wrestling, uh, FogCityWrestling.com. They're bringing in Adam Pierce to take on Local favorite Dylan Drake, which should be a fun match. God, I hope I'm up to up to go into that. I gotta see Dylan Drake and uh, and Adam Pierce go. Uh, also, Todd Bridges will be making another appearance from uh, Hogan Celebrity Championship Wrestling. So you can get information on that at FogCityWrestling.com. And also to you know plug the <clears throat> sorry guys, I'm 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 really out of it. To uh, plug the uh, the uh, mother load the home base, angrymarks.com. You can get our archives there. Uh, you can also check out the other Angry Marks podcasts. There's a bunch of different ones. Also, lightsoutradio.com. Uh, that's Matt Bishop's show. Matt's my MMA uh, correspondent who will be on with us next Tuesday. Um, you can get us on MySpace, myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio. Get our archives of blogtalkradio.com backslash rubberguardradio and rubberguardradio.com as well. Uh, that should do it. Um, also, you guys need to, uh, if you're not already a member at uh, figure4online.com, wrestlingobserver.com, you need to subscribe. $10 a month at the Observer and the Figure 4, as well as Dragon King Newsletter online. You get all the audio shows and all that fun shit. Well worth $10 a month. That should do it, guys. Oh, also, um, I'd like to wish a rest in, rest in peace to a dear friend of mine, Chris Arnold, in the Detroit area. Hacked, tangled webs, you're missed, brother. And uh, 
we love you. And that should do it, guys. Talk to you next week.